drink a lot of tequila and get drunk. Is that me? Is that us? We're addicted to our cell phones. <laughs> Aren't we all? It's still happening. It's our ghost. And the lights are flickering. <laughs> <laughs> they said this place wasn't haunted, but they've yeah. never met us. So no. <laughs> After tonight, guys. they're all going to be like, shit, what Whoops. did they? what did we do inviting these girls here? Yeah. Wow, this is really scary. Yeah. There's so many of you. Thanks Hi. for coming out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for skipping Game of Thrones. Yeah. For you can watch tomorrow morning. It's fine. Yeah. Just turn off your phones because, like, you know, everyone posts on Instagram. And yeah, just All the memes. That. Yeah. Here we are. I feel like, so I used to run marathons, and I feel like this prep is like 10 times worse and I was telling Corinne this weekend I was like I feel like I'm about to run a marathon tomorrow yep. but I feel worse because you prep for a marathon and you practice you run but this week we're just we're thrown into it blind and it's just and here we, can't we are practice what we're gonna say before either because we don't do that normally and we're like oh well should we think of things to say and then we're like no we shouldn't because then it will sound scripted and now we feel yeah. incredibly unprepared and so. then you, and then you like prepare things in your head and then you come out here and like what yeah never mind you just let it lost for it all oh. I can think about is that I forgot to Take care of my mustache. <laughs> Those of you in the front, I'm sorry. Those of you in the back, You're keep it to yourselves if you can see anything. <laughs> if you can see from that far back, it's just borderline bullying if you say anything to me. Um, one rule of TGOG Live podcast is if you find something funny, boo us. Yes. If you don't find it funny, still boo us because we won't know whether yeah. you love it or hate it. Yeah. That's the perks. Of- Thank yes, you. That that is the appropriate time to boo us. This is what we like. <laughs> this is what that's what we're it's here for. It's to protect our own egos so that we'll never yeah, know we'll never know how we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we so um, it's, it's Cinco de Mayo. Yes, which is a holiday. So we thank yeah. you for coming out because we're pretty sure no one would come out because we're like everyone's going to be too drunk. They're never going to get right. here. I took a shot of tequila backstage to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And Sabrina goes. Oh. I almost threw up. I didn't know how that was going to go. And meanwhile, she's standing over me, over my lap, <laughs> looking at me while she does it. And I was like, what would you have done if you actually did throw up? You were just going to throw up on me? Yes. Yes. We're in this together. Always. Whatever I experience, Corinne has to experience as well. It's marriage. It is, basically. You know what's crazy is that Corinne and I have not seen each other in physical form for four months. And... So it's crazy to do a podcast with her by my side. This is why we like this, because we don't have to look at each other, which we're used to not looking at each other, so it's uncomfortable almost. Yeah. Eye contact is scary. It's like, which eye eye are you supposed to look in, or do you have to rotate and do both? I don't know. I'll just look right in the middle of your eyebrows. (laughs) Will that make you feel good? Yes, yes. (laughs) So when I was in Hawaii, reminds me, when I was in Hawaii last week on vacation, I, day two, got a sunburn in the middle of my forehead, right here. And then the entire trip I had it. So I was like wearing hats, covering my eyes, (laughs) taking photos like, yeah, smile. And then the last day, the very last day, we went in the pool, we went to the beach, and then I was showering before the airport, and Immediately after the shower, the scab peels off and just, like, vanishes. And I was like, are you kidding? It was really bad. I don't think people understand. Thank you so much. (laughs) It was. It was hideous. You should have seen it. Well, you have a mustache. My cousin taught me how to say the F word in Spanish. It's joder. So yeah. that's what I'll be saying throughout Multiple the times. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. So this is new. <laughs> We're not used to being on stage. So thanks again for yeah. coming out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This is fun. And it's our second real live show. And so we're so happy to share it with you guys. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can have more. And you guys can come back. 
which would be amazing. <laughs> if um, you're new to this podcast, we are, and confused why we haven't seen each other in four months, we mm-hmm. typically record, Corinne lives here in Boston and I live in Los Angeles, so we record over Google Face Chat, essentially, yep. and we that's how we record our podcast every single week. And Wait, sorry, is there a cloth down here? Can you see my legs? <laughs> I am like this right now. <laughs> I just had a moment. Thank Earlier you. today, Thank I was you. gonna wear, I was gonna wear a short skirt, and I made Corinne like get low on the ground to double check if yeah. you could see my underwear. And the verdict was, don't wear it. <laughs> don't wear it. Don't wear it. So I wore pants. Okay, good. I'm glad they set it up like this. We're good. We're good. Now we know. Next time we have a live show, check those things before yeah. coming onto the stage. I mean, our name is Two Girls, One Ghost, so if that happened, semi-appropriate. Yeah. Inappropriate for the context, but appropriate to the name. This is super inappropriate. My dad definitely doesn't remember what the name means. <laughs> <laughs> and yesterday, he took a photo with both of us, and he goes, Two Girls, One Dad. <laughs> Don't post that anywhere. No, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, he has no clue. He forgot. It went in one ear and out the other when I told him. He blocked it out of his memory. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to know what your children are doing, right? Don't tell him. <laughs> He's laughing. He, uh, that, okay, that's good. You can see him? Where is he? There. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too, having a live show because we're so nervous going on stage and yeah. we're thinking about what other people are going to think. But I didn't realize that the people who know us are going to wonder what we're going to say about them yeah. when we're on stage. And my mom was talking to my grandma, and she was like, I really hope Corinne doesn't say anything mean about me. <laughs> and my grandma's like, I hope she doesn't say anything mean about me. <laughs> so I'd like to take this opportunity to have a roast of my grandmother. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I would never do that. She'll do it off, off stage. I can't be bought with pumpkin bread and quarters for my laundry, though. So... <laughs> So we, um, this weekend, have do- been doing a lot, and mm-hmm. every time we're in Boston... A lot. A lot of eating. Yeah. It's like that's, a lot, that's what a lot, we do. It's not really paranormal. It's we're just going from restaurant to restaurant. But, but Boston is very haunted, so typically, like, we go to a haunted place, eat there, and have drinks, and then ask people, is this place haunted? And a lot of people will look at us and be like... What? <laughs> Why are you asking this question? And then no. they never come back to and, our table. Yeah. And, then and then another then... server, who we've never seen before, <laughs> continues to serve us after that. And then we ask them. And another person quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they told us that this place is not haunted. No. No. Yeah, so. And they also told us we're not. It is? It is? It's you guys. I don't mean I to get be it. dramatic, but when I always say that before I tell something scary. <laughs> but we were getting ready, and I felt something tug my pant leg, like in my shorts, and that's never happened to me before. And I just go, "What the fuck?" This <laughs> person goes, "What?" And I was like, "Something just tugged my leg." <laughs> so it I was, mean, it wasn't here, but it was in Boston. They, you know, they say when you're out on stage to think of everyone as like in their underwear. So maybe that's what. They were like, think of yourself in underwear. I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Or maybe they were just like, I'm here, let me get ready. Mirror time for me. <laughs> get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah. 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 So, do you guys want to know stuff about Cinco de Mayo that we pulled from Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> right before Sabrina, you take the lead. Oh. Okay, well, first of all, when I, like, we were searching for ghost stories related to Cinco de Mayo because we were like, this would be perfect to open our show with. And so I searched Cinco de Mayo ghosts, and the first thing, or the only things that came up were like, ghost pepper tequila drinks for Cinco de Mayo. So, uh... If you eat one, you'll die. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of, we had um, Death Wish coffee this morning, and it's supposed to be like the strongest coffee in the world. I think it's from Denmark. Um, Didn't didn't work. Didn't help us. Nope. No. No, we're no. still... Well, maybe that's the thing. You're, you still feel dead inside. <laughs> After drinking, it doesn't help you. That you wish you were dead. <laughs> you wish you were dead. <laughs> All right, Cinco de Mayo. It's yes. about Mexico. And you take it. You say it. Okay. 1862, the French went and invaded Mexico, and the Mexican armies beat them, which was amazing and exciting, and that is why Cinco de Mayo takes place on May 5th, because May 5th, 1862... They defeated the French, and it actually meant a lot 
well, obviously to Mexico, but actually to America as well, because it was on the verge of civil war. And so if the French had won, they then would have joined the southern states that wanted to split off from the northern states, and it would have helped the southern states beat the northern states. But guess what happened? They didn't join. (laughs) So we are still 50 states. (laughs) And that's Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Yeah. In America, though, Cinco de Mayo is less about that, and it's more about a celebration of Mexican culture, Mexican-American culture. But in the past, and drinking, and drinking, because in the past forty years, it has become such a drinking holiday that the alcohol sales are on par with the sales of the Super Bowl. So that's what I read. So I'm shocked you guys are even having your eyes open right now. It's wild. Yeah. We, we had plans to do a lot today, and we're like, yeah, maybe we'll stop and grab a drink with all of your friends and family, Corinne. And then um, we ate mac and cheese this morning. For breakfast. For breakfast. Um, we tried to go over our, our um, research. Didn't work. And then no, we, we went, just laid on the couch looking at each other just silently. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why do we do this? And then we went to Italy and ate a lot of cheese. Yeah, and I'm a little mad at our waiter because we oh my ordered, God. and he goes kind of a lot of food <laughs> and then we said well it's going to be our dinner too we'll box we'll up. have leftovers and then we didn't have any leftovers <laughs> and then he comes back and he goes wow you know i really thought it was a lot of food and i thought he was going to continue by saying but like actually no that i think of it, it wasn't and he goes i mean just the cheese board alone yeah. <laughs> and we're like fuck you too <laughs> we really shouldn't have said that we would take leftovers because it's doubly that embarrassing because you already said it was a lot of food. Yeah, whatever. But you know what? It was good. Then he brought the it dessert menu and we're like, we'll take a look. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but okay, so Cinco de Mayo, which is kind of what inspired our topic mm-hmm. for today. We decided to do hauntings from Mexico. And um, as we know the Mexican culture, they are very fascinated with ghosts, and they have a whole celebration. Dia de, 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 de los Muertos. Thank you. Uh, I took French in school, but I probably couldn't say that in French either. Um, but, and they, uh, it's a day to gather and pray to remember all of your past ancestors, and it's actually not sad at all. It's a big celebration, and, and so we thought it was great to talk about ghost stories because they appreciate them in a way that I feel like most Americans don't. A.K.A. they just, like, they're not real. Except Except for for you guys, guys, obviously. (laughs) You are with us. So I chose to do the story of the mummies of Guanajuato. (laughs) (laughs) I even did the the phonetic spelling, but I don't think that helped. Uh, Guanajuato is a city surrounded by silver mines, and it was actually uh, a city formed by the Aztecs. And then um, in some year, the Spanish came and formed civilization there, and they found all these silver mines. And so the city became known for all of the mining, and so everyone came to work there. And it's 250 miles northwest of Mexico, Mexico City. And it's actually one of the most beautiful places in Mexico because it has every type of climate and every type of geogra- geographical place. Uh, mountains, water, they have fertile plains, forests, desert, and tropical rainforest climates all within the same city. And uh, that's all nice and all, but then in uh, 1829, they were struck by an outbreak of cholera, and uh, 5% of the population of Mexico died. And so that was 2,487 people in Guanajuato alone, which is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like eight times this crowd. 20 times this crowd? Sabrina. I know. <laughs> Math. Sorry, shouldn't have asked. Jesus. But if you wanted to know, because I really like the gross stuff, cholera is an infectious disease. It's oh, fatal. Right. It's in the small intestine, and it's typically contracted from infected water. So this is from Vermont, so we're okay. Uh, Vermont and- pure. <laughs> cholera free. Um, <laughs> See if I die on stage. Um, and it causes severe vomiting and diarrhea until your organs shut down and there's no nutrients in your body and you die. So, if you're wondering why Sabrina didn't start her career in commercials, this is why. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd do great. I would cast you in a heartbeat. I need to just do the, like, disclaimers, disclaimers. at the very end. Yeah. The, this may include. Yeah. Diarrhea. Headache. Heartburn. Death. Death. Your eyes bleeding. <laughs> um, okay, so 
when the diseased people died. I've never gotten to like read along with you before. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can, you can no, 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 if you want. I'll just look forward and pretend okay. that I can't see you. Okay. <laughs> okay, so when the diseased people died, they would have to very quickly bury them to prevent the disease from spreading. And sometimes that led to two things. One, people being buried when they weren't actually dead because when your, vital, when your organs shut down, sometimes your heart slows to the point where you look dead. Um, and then the second is... Um, the cemetery is overfilming. So if you guys overfilling, why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is nerves. Um, I'd rather run a marathon. Uh, I'm kidding. This is fun. <laughs> I'd rather be here any day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, similar to the Paris catacombs, when all these people were dying of the Black Plague in Paris, all the cemeteries were overfilling, and then people's dead bodies would fall through the soil and spill into buildings and stuff. So similar thing was happening in Guanajuato. And years later, after the outbreak had safely passed, the local government was like, well, these cemeteries are overfilled. We have to do something with these bodies. And so they made this local tax. It was a burial tax, essentially. And it was like, if your family members died during the cholera break outbreak, you have to pay this tax in order to keep them interred in the ground. And it was really expensive, so a lot of people couldn't, which meant that their family members had to be disinterred and then brought into crypts. And then, so, like, there was no... It, it was kind of unfortunate and sad to, yeah. to imagine that your loved ones now had no place for you to visit them. So because of that, they disinterred a lot of bodies, and they were surprised to find that the bodies were all mummified. And because of the perfect climate... They, it was perfect conditions to mummify a body. And so they were like, this is kind of cool. And the local, um, the cemetery workers started kind of telling people, and it kind of became a rumor around the town, and people were like, oh, there are mummies, the mummies of Guanajuato. And so the cemetery workers would charge people a small fee to come into the crypts and look at all the mummied, mummified bodies. Mm-hmm. And people got word of it, and you would think people would be mad, but they were like, let's... Let's make let's cash in on this, and so they made a mummy museum. Um, oh, also by the way, they thought it was all the climate, but some people say it was witchcraft that they wanted to mummify the bodies because it kept them preserved, and then if they had the magic, they could bring them back to life. For why? <laughs> why would you want for? What? But it's preserving the body. So like over like before they were. Yeah, why would you want a diseased person to come back to life? I don't know, Corinne. Sorry, that was super... <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I will ask so the Becky ghost. did have a talk with me before this saying, like, please, please hold back on the offensive comments you make that we usually cut out of the podcast. Except but for here you... Here we go. You started it when I brought up yeah, a sensitive topic. It was awful. I, like, <laughs> texted a few people. I sent them when I had my uh, third eye. And and um, a few people were like, oh, it's probably a good sign for your podcast. Like, maybe you'll start getting intuition. Or, like, you're opening up your spiritual abilities. And Corinne and our friend Allie go, oh, it looks horrible. Like, I am <laughs> so sucks. sorry. Yeah, pr- probably you shouldn't take any pictures while you're on vacation. <laughs> Cover your face. <laughs> Hide. <laughs> Don't go outside. Okay, so then, um, yeah, so they created a museum, and it's probably one of the most important tourist attractions in Guanajuato. Shh, I said it wrong. How do you say fuck again? In- Joder. Joder. And so today it houses over 100 mummies, and uh, unfortunately a lot of them tell horror stories uh, similar to what I said, some of them being buried alive. And it's home to a woman who was buried alive, a man who was stabbed to death, and several children, and also the world's smallest mummy. It's a mummified, um, sorry, it's really sad. It's a baby that was six months unborn. So it was a pregnant woman died of cholera. She was buried, and then when they found her mummified body, they found the unborn baby inside her, and now the six-month unborn baby is on display for everyone to see in the museum. Oh, God. Yes. So... Clearly, there's a lot of sadness and fear inside this museum, and a lot of people, when they enter it, they speak of that. And they say that they're not alone, and the spirits of the mummified bodies are lingering, angry that their bodies are used as a tourist attraction. And there are many stories of paranormal activity, which obviously we can understand why. And in many cultures, they, do, they believe that disturbing and disrespecting the dead is not a good idea. 
I feel like everyone should think that. Um, but that's not the only reason why the spirits linger in the museum. Another reason is that many of the mummies were buried alive. Which, last night, we learned something from Corinne's dad. Again, my dad being put on blast. <laughs> oh, what were, how did it even come up? I don't even remember. I don't know. Oh, we were talking about dead ringers. About oh, how the bells. Yeah, the bells. People would attach bells to people's like toes or their fingers because certain diseases would make people look like they had died and then they'd be buried and they'd wake up being buried alive and then if they had a little bit of movement the bell would ring on the top of the earth and someone would know oh we gotta go on the fresh one <laughs> the <Yeah>. fresh one <laughs> <laughs> and my dad goes oh yeah it happened to my uncle we're like what and he goes oh yeah it happened to him twice <laughs> yeah we're like what where was when we started our podcast. <laughs> Episode one, my dad's life is fucked up. <laughs> but he said, my uncle had this illness. I forget what it is. I don't know if my dad even told us the illness. But basically, no. the first time, he got really, really ill, and they thought he was dead, and they put him in the tomb. They don't bury him, and somehow he comes back like, to life. They're about to lower him in the ground. Yeah. He's like, I'm still here. And the second time, he didn't quite make it to to the, uh, what's it called? Casket. Casket. But he, it happened to him twice. And then my dad's like, oh, yeah. And then there was another time when we had a relative who their casket caved in. And then there was this big hole just like the ground was sinking. And so I went yeah. with a shovel and I helped bury it in. Just fill what? it in. <laughs> Why? Who told you to do that? Where did you grow up? It's a great Borough, story. New Hampshire? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Your dad's not the only one who has family members who were buried alive. Um, there is a woman named Ignacia Aguilar, and she suffered from a rare condition, maybe similar to your dad's uncle, that caused her heart to appear to stop, and the signs of death could last for up to a day. So her family knew of this. Her family knew of the condition, and so similarly, it had happened a few times, but every time it would last like a day, and they would just lay her out and kind of all sit around her and wait for her to wake up. And one day, or I guess a few days, she... Her, she, her heart didn't start again, and she it really this time it seemed like she actually was dead. So they're like, okay, let's bury her, and they did. And then when all of the bodies were in or disinterred in after like the burial tax was made, they found her body with her arms over her head like this. She had scratch marks all over her forehead, and and they found this like horrible blood mark on her arm because they believe that she had fought so hard to get out of the oh. box and she couldn't, and so she bit into her own arm and severed her artery to bleed out. Sorry. <laughs> you thought this would be a comedy show. <laughs> I hate thinking of those stories when people try to scratch their way out of something where they end up, like, breaking their fingernails and it's just bloody and raw. Ugh. What else? So Keep now going. I'm going to share it with you. You know what else sticks me out? No. Um... But yeah, so she has now been put inside the Mummy Museum and is one of the main attractions, which is a horrible thing to say. But she is. Like, that's what a lot of people go to see, uh, similar to the unborn baby. This story she is really messed up. <laughs> I hope yours is better. It gets better, kind of. Uh, maybe. Um, she was not the only person buried alive. And like I said, the officials in Guanajuato. I don't know why I'm looking at you. Like I, You didn't do this research. Uh, they were trying to prevent the illness from spreading, so they would just bury people like, you know, they're out of our mind, you know? Um, and there's a museum room called the Chamber of Death where there's an open coffin and it contains a mummy of a man who supposedly offended the Catholic Church and was punished by being, like, forced into spikes from like the the top of, or the bottom of the coffin has spikes pointing up oh. and then pointing to the side and then into his head like in Matilda yes but minus Matilda doesn't people don't die from the choking yeah <laughs> yeah so this has a sadder ending okay. Matilda had a beautiful ending she had miss honey and then another woman whose uh, mummified body can be seen, be seen in the museum was hanged for, by her husband for having an affair and then a sweeter story, although still sad, it includes the death of a child. But um, this baby, Enrique, is the most recent addition to the museum. He died at just six months old in 1999, and he only had a five-year lease on the crypt, and then after that his family couldn't pay the burial tax, so they disinterred him, and then 
they added him to the museum, but like the family didn't decide to do, do this. The government decided to do this because the parents addressed him as St. Bartholomew, and they were like, oh, this is cute. He's a mummified, cute baby. Just like messed up. And so he's dressed in a green and yellow tunic with a wooden halo, and it also makes him one of the most sought-after and popular mummies in the museum. But what's really sweet is that his parents still visit him every day. Like, not every day, but to this day. They keep going back to visit him and go to the museum to spend time with their son. So, Okay, well, that's a good... yeah, that's that's a good one ending. that's one nice. I can understand why they would do that then if right. they themselves didn't maybe have the financial means to put their son in a place where yeah. they could go see him. But it's now a they, little weird, but yeah, I get it. It's not not a typical burial, right? Yes, but at least they can still go visit him. And there's a report that a supposed witch has a mummified body in the museum, and people believe that she's responsible for most of the hauntings. So while people are there, they feel a woman's presence behind them. And multiple people have said that while leaving the museum, they hear the clickety-clack of high heels behind them, and they'll turn around and no one's there. And one man went to the museum when he was on a business trip, and then he was walking around, and he met a guy who was working there, and he's like, oh, you were so lucky you came today because all of the mummies that were on tour in the U.S. are actually back in our museum, which means we have finally have our full mummy collection. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Uh, so this guy keeps walking around, and he gets to a spot that just looks a little weird because there are two mummies kind of here, and then in the middle where there's a plaque, it's empty, but he's like, it feels weird because there should definitely be a mummy here. And the guy just said that all of the mummies were back. But he doesn't really think much of it. And then later he leaves the museum and he's walking back to his hotel and he sees a woman kind of walking towards him and she has a, something covering her face. So he can't really see her face, but he feels something off. Like he thinks something's weird. And all of a sudden the woman walks into the street and gets hit by a car. What the fuck? And so he rushes over to her and helps her up and she's alive she's okay but he finally sees under her shawl is like a really strange looking face (gasps) (laughs) I love this story (laughs) started sad now it's creepy so he kind of takes a stumbles backward one he just saw a woman get hit by a car and now he's thrown off by what's under her shawl and so he kind of like turns around to look if anyone else is there, and he looks back, and she's gone. So he believes that he saw the missing mummy, which is also the witch of the museum. And other people believe that the witch is the one who brings back all of the spirits, and is similar to the Day of the Dead. You know, when you like all the spirits come back, she is responsible for bringing them back and haunting the museum. Which is kind of sweet. Like, they have a community together, you know? Like, you're not alone. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone deserves to have people. Or, Whether they're or, mummified yeah. or not. <laughs> Beings. Beings. Creatures. Yes. This is going to be the new Mummy movie. Uh, I'm going to write it. And no one will ever see it. Um, <laughs> there's this author. His name is Ray Bad- Bradbury. And he also visited the museum with his friend Grant Beach. And while he was there, Ray was struck with horrible visions and memories of life with cholera, but obviously they weren't his because he never had cholera. And he felt very unwelcome and fear unlike anything he'd ever felt before. And then for nights after his visit, he had nightmares. And they were all about dying and having to remain in the halls of the dead with other mummies, all propped and hung by wires for every the public to see. So he was having these visions like probably planted in his mind by the mummies or the mummified bodies mm-hmm. who were like, this is how we feel. Like we we didn't get a choice and now all of you gawk at us and ooh and ah and look at our poor mummified bodies. Like we died a horrible death and you don't pay attention to that. You just pay it's attention true. to like the kind of cool aspect of mummified bodies. And it's bodies. not like they died like 6,000 years ago. Right. It was recent right which is why their parents are going and visiting yes which is why they're so fascinating because most mummies are ancient egyptian mummies whereas these are less than 200 years old you know like they're very new mummies so i understand but it's also weird um and so he wrote a short story because it was the only way to get out of the like because he was just consumed by these nightmares and he was like well maybe if i write it all out it will be therapeutic and it will make me feel better so he wrote 
What did he write? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> but I did write with a short story. It's called, so you can Google it later. It's called The Next in Line. So he basically felt like he was going to be the next one to die, and like they were kind of taunting him in a way of like, Jeez. this is how we felt, and we want you to feel it too. Others have heard the cries of babies during the night, and some report seeing shadowy figures lurking in the corners of the museum while they're there. And the people who work there, the caretakers, say it's terrifying at night and they work alone, and so they try to close up as quickly as possible because they'll hear footsteps and they'll hear whispering, kind of like Night at the Museum style, where it all comes to life at night. And you can visit it for less than $5 if you want. But Guanajuato is also well-known for... Many other hauntings. There's an alley of kisses where two lovers kissed, and similar to Romeo and Juliet, their parents did not want them to be in love, and one of the dads actually killed the daughter, and then the guy killed himself. And so it's believed that if you kiss under the alley, um, you too will die. So I don't know why people would do that. (laughs) So strange. Um, And there's a haunted house of Aunt Ara where two women were murdered by their own father. The first daughter was walled in the basement after he found out she got pregnant out of wedlock, and then the second was poisoned to prevent her from inheriting his money. Why have kids if you don't want them to inherit your money? Uh, (laughs) That's what they're for, right? (laughs) Or just write them out of the will. Yeah, easy. Don't need to poison them. Poisoning is not the answer. Additionally, there's... Sabrina, stop drinking this. I made an awful mistake. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, You put cholera in my water? No. If I can't say the word, you know I don't have my hands on it. Uh, Additionally, there's a house of witches where the daughter of a mine owner was starved to death by her aunt. There's a lot of um, familial killings in this town. Um, There's also the house of laments where a serial killer during the 1890s all the way through the 1910s sounds weird, was active, and the spirits of the victims can be heard crying throughout the mansion. And I was super intrigued by this story, but all there is about it is that this guy's wife died, and then he saw out a bruja, a black witch. Bruja. And and, uh, she told him that he had to take other lives in order for his wife to come back to life. So he became a serial killer. And that is Guanajuato and the House of Mummies. Good old Mexico, baby. Yeah. Yes. You're learning. You're learning. <laughs> they love you, Sabrina. <laughs> Dang, the house we'll of never know. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> Give us a ghost. Oh. Hello there. No, <laughs> well, I guess I'm doing this now because I don't know how to put it back in. So. I think you do. Well, it's fine. Meh. Okay, okay, whatever. This is how we normally do it, but normally I'm laying in bed and I kind of like rested on my boobs like this. <laughs> wondering how I record. That's exactly That's how. how it is. I once posted an a Instagram story and someone commented, like, laughing hysterically, like, oh, does Corinne just lay there and, like, with it on her boobs? And we're like, yes. Yes, I do. This is, we are in the middle of recording when this photo was taken. Sabrina bought a mic stand. I don't need one. Well, I Bless. tend to, I, I did a thing where I would, like, kind of juggle the microphone because I can't sit still. And so then it just sounded like someone was hitting the microphone constantly so I had to get a mic stand because Corinne was getting mad at me. It was like, <laughs> editing is so impossible. Quality, Sabrina, yeah. quality. Yes. Clearly that's what we deliver you. Thank you, Kelsey, for the laugh. <laughs> I know your laugh anyway. There we go. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you guys, is this microphone on? It's so weird because can you hear us? I can't hear well, I can the hear microphone going out. So I feel like I'm just talking to myself right now. Okay. Okay. We got some thumbs up. This is so strange. (laughs) Clearly, I haven't been on the stage before. Four months. Four months. It's been been a long time. Okay. So I am going to do a specific cemetery. It's called the Pantheon de Belen Cemetery. Well, I kind of just was... That was redundant because Pantheon means cemetery. But it's in Guadalajara. So we're going to go back to Guadalajara and we're going to go back to 1882. And it's just a few weeks after Cinco de Mayo. And in Guadalajara... I know. This is very timely. I did this for a reason. Wow. Um, But it's a few weeks after Cinco de Mayo, and a massive, massive storm comes through the city of Guadalajara, and everyone is just, like, hunkered down in their homes trying to ride out the storm, and it goes into the night. Everyone goes outside. They light their torches outside of their windows to have some light and some warmth, and the storm just, like, comes through. It's super aggressive, so everyone's cowering in their homes. And this one family, they have an 
extra awful night. It is a young couple, and they have a 10-year-old son. His name was Ignacio Torres Altamirano, and they nicknamed him Nichito. Oh. And Nichito was 10 and absolutely terrified of the dark. So he had his own bedroom. I believe he was an only child. And every single night, his parents would go outside, and they would light two torches outside of his bedroom window oh. to fill his bedroom with warmth and light to get him through the night. That's so nice. Very nice. But on this night, it was no different. They lit the torches. But because the wind and the storm was so aggressive, it blew out the torches. Oh. And Nachito was just paralyzed with fear. And he spent the whole night just, like, cowering and couldn't move, couldn't go and grab his parents, couldn't speak out. He was just completely paralyzed. And the next morning, the light comes, and his parents are like, okay, let's go check on our child. And his mom walks into the bedroom and immediately knows something's off. It is completely oh. freezing in the room. And she goes over, and she touches Nichito, and he is cold, and he is stiff, and he passed away in the night. And they believe Nachito was oh so, so, so scared that he actually suffered from a heart attack throughout the night, which is horrible. That's so sad. So <laughs> sad. Um, some speculated that it was actually a curse put on him, and other people thought perhaps he was visited by demons throughout the store storm. But regardless of what actually happened to Nachito, he didn't make it through the night and his parents were absolutely devastated and they were mourning him. But they moved very quickly to give him a proper burial and they bought him a plot in this cemetery, the El Pantheon de Belen Cemetery. And the coffin was lowered into the ground and his parents wept and they mourned him and then eventually they left the cemetery and they went home for the night. And then the next day something odd happened. His coffin that was once in the ground just 24 hours before, was now outside of the ground, up on the normal ground. And the graveyard keepers were like, uh, maybe we made a mistake. Maybe we just forgot to lower him into the ground. Let's just put him back down there. So they do it again, and they lower him down. And the very next day, same exact thing. His coffin is above the ground, just sitting there. And it happens consecutively for nine days. Nine days, his coffin what? just goes from being in the ground to appearing up on plain earth. I'm sorry, okay, after day two, wouldn't you set up outside and watch it all night? Maybe we would. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm sure they, I mean, this is a haunted cemetery. For all we know, the graveyard keepers were like, yeah, typical. <laughs> Nothing new, normal just throw Tuesday. him back in. <laughs> But his parents were like, ugh, after nine days, they were like, duh, he's afraid of the dark. Why would we ever put him in a dark ground? And so they were like, we need to find him some way to be above ground, to be in the warmth of the sun, to see the daylight. And so they, I know, I'm having chills because they're so sweet. That's so cute. Um, but they, so they buy him a stone coffin and it's above ground and they put him in the stone coffin and the coffin doesn't move again. So everyone's like, okay, he's appeased, like he's happy. But it didn't mean that Nichito moved on. He definitely didn't move on at all because he haunts the cemetery. A lot of people have seen a little boy, and they've also heard a little boy speaking, and all of their descriptions match Nichito. Oh, my gosh. So they're like, okay, he sure as heck still here. They also often see, or maybe not often, but multiple people have seen a balloon floating through the cemetery, but not just floating like the wind takes it, floating at a steady pace. Like someone's like walking through the cemetery, like, like doo doo doo, like it, yeah. <laughs> like a little bit happier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like and it's cute. at the height that like a 10 year old child would be holding the balloon. And <laughs> if you're like, well, where would Nichito get a balloon? <laughs> it's because at his cemetery, people often leave gifts and a big gifting day. Actually, there are two big gifting days it's like International Children's Day and then also Christmas. A lot of people go to his grave and they put a bunch of different like presents and gifts at his grave and they put them there all throughout the day and night and then the graveyard the cemetery keepers i don't know what they're called the people caretakers? the caretakers the caretakers the next morning will go and they'll collect the gifts and they'll donate them to the children at the local hospitals oh. which is so so nice 
But Nichiro totally plays with the toys at night because the <laughs> the caretakers, they will, in the morning, go to his grave and what was once like piled neatly around his grave is just kind of scattered in the general vicinity. Like he touched every single one of them, <laughs> needed to get his hands on all of them before they That's were gone. So cute. So cute. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you went second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Everyone leaves huge bummer. Like, oh man, like I'm like really sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Nichito, his story has somewhat of a happy ending I guess because he in turn his death helped a bunch of other children and they get all of these gifts and they get all of these presents and that's nice but he also does follow people home if they themselves take the present thinking I don't know like that they want a souvenir from his grave or maybe they think it's like funny like oh I'm gonna watch me take this thing from the grave and like for their friends he will follow those people home and scare them so he discourages anyone from taking his freaking toys (laughs) which I identify with that. That's good. Yeah. So Nichito's presence has attracted a ton of people. So many people go to the cemetery, not only for Nichito, there are some other ghosts, which I'll tell you about, but Nichito is a big attraction, especially because his grave is right there. You know where it is. You can go visit it. And you, it's above ground. Yeah. It's hard to miss. And so back in, I think it was 2015, there was a paranormal investigation group who went there and they went with a bunch of cameras and with some recorders and they were intending to just leave those things overnight and just step away from the cemetery, not just let the cemetery do its own thing. And that's exactly what they did. They set up a bunch of cameras, and then they put an EVP recorder right next to Nichito's grave to see if they could catch anything. And so the next day, they get all of their footage, and they get all of their audio, and they're sorting through everything, and nothing's really happening. But then they catch a child's voice saying, Oi, encontraste mi tumba, me das un chocolatito, which roughly translates to, you found my tomb, give me chocolate. Oh, <laughs> my God. So I love <laughs> Nachito. <laughs> He's the best. Okay, so a little tidbit about my... Um, I had a really scary sleep last night, so sorry to Corinne's roommates because I'll get into it more later. But last night I woke up at like 2 a.m., and then I started hearing voices, and I closed my eyes, and I heard a man, or like a manly voice, a boy's voice, say, where's the candy? Where's candy? And I had not heard any of Corinne's story. Like, I did not know a single thing about it, and I thought that he was talking about a person, like candy, a person, like his name. And stripper. Yeah. His favorite stripper. Yeah. <laughs> Swear she used to live here. You look an awful lot like her. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and, and there was more to happen, and I'll tell you guys later. because yeah, there was I haven't heard all of it. She won't tell me all of it yet. Yeah. Um, and so then I wake up, and Corinne wakes up, and I was like, I had such a weird experience. Like, I, I was awake for probably an hour and a half, which part of it, Corinne started giggling in her sleep at, like, 3 a.m. exactly. And I was like, this is time for me to go to bed. But uh, um, I've always thought that my apartment was fine and my room was fine. <laughs> but now we're really realizing I just get possessed every night. <laughs> and so I have no idea what's going on. I'm yeah. Just, <laughs> You're asleep. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, <laughs> uh, but so I, I wake up and I immediately tell him, like, I had such a weird experience last night. and And I felt like all of these, like, I, I couldn't shut it off, and I felt like all these people were coming to talk to me. And one of them was saying they want candy. And Corinne stops and goes, wait a second. I have, a, like, a whole ghost in my episode who wants chocolate. Demands it. Demands it. So I was like, did I dream about your ghost? Yeah, you might have. I don't know. So, so I also, we're being visited. Yeah, maybe. And my parents did get tugged on. Which I feel like a little kid would do, you know? Mm-hmm. Ding, ding. So we're kind of convinced Nachito came to visit us <laughs> last night. And today. Mm-hmm. And today. And today. Nichito, and, and right now, Nachito's here. Actually, we gave him a front row seat right yeah. there. Yeah, we <laughs> upgraded him. <laughs> VIP. We'll Thought he deserved later. it. Yeah. We brought him toys. I'm getting a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about where he could be right now. If you guys see anything, don't say anything. <laughs> I want to know. Just give, well, do a little, come up with a little signal. I won't look of what they should do if they see something. Uh, no, I won't put you on the spot. But I always, it. always, always panic every time Sabrina reacts too suddenly when we're recording because I think she sees something in the video behind me and I freak out. Half I'm so the time mad at it's her. Leia doing something cute. <laughs> She's like, ah! and I'm like, ah! don't tell me. I hang up. No. 
We're very scared. I don't know why we do this to ourselves uh, yeah. every single week. But most of the time, we don't know until after the fact, and everyone listens to our podcast and is like, oh, did you hear that noise at 1042? And I don't go back and listen because I don't want to know. Well, because we used to go back being like, oh, let's debunk it. And then there were quite a few where we were yeah. like, there's no explanation for someone, yeah. a third party speaking into the microphone yeah. when we're alone. So we don't want to know. Now we just ignore Move those on. people who say that. <laughs> okay, but back to the cemetery. So the cemetery is a lot going on beyond just this little 10-year-old who demands chocolate. Um, there's a lot of other things in Pantheon de Belen. Uh, the cemetery itself, the locals call it Pantheon de Belen, but if you want to look it up or go to it, it's uh, Santa Paula Cemetery for those of us who aren't local. Um, it's in Guadalajara, which is Mexico's third largest city, and the actual name of the cemetery uh, is Santa Paula Cemetery, but it's called the um, Pantheon de Belen because way back when, when it was first built in 1848, it was sitting next to an orchard called San Miguel Belen. So that's why the locals kind of like dubbed that name or gave it that name. And the cemetery not only attracts people because of the haunts and maybe people just visiting their loved ones, but also because there were some big names in architecture who worked on it. So the actual cemetery cemetery itself is supposed to be super beautiful and has all these like amazing structures by these really skilled architects so some people go in for that but people like us go in for other reasons um and so i'm going to tell you about a couple other ghosts that are in there one of them is one of my favorite things a pirate yes (laughs) not the one that i'm gonna get married to but a different andrew ransom Yes, it's going to be the cheapest wedding. My parents have no idea. They are just lucky. (laughs) We're just going to go to a cemetery. We're going to do some weird rituals. Everyone's going to disown me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so there is a religious pirate that is said to be buried there. And way back when he did the pirate things, he pillaged and looted and did all of those awful things. But then he had this, like, moment where he was like, I want to be a good guy. I want to turn my life around. So he stopped doing all of those awful things that some pirates did back then. And he decided to move to Guadalajara, and he started a family, and he had a son, and they, like, lived out their life. They were totally fine. And then he did what any responsible parent would do, and he had a savings account, which was actually just him burying his treasure somewhere and going and getting it when he needed it. But no one knows where the treasure is. And there's a lot of treasure that has not, or has said to have not been found yet. And so it's said that if you go at night to his grave and at midnight you pray on the rosary for his salvation and his soul and his torment, if you are truly devout, he will appear and he will show you where the treasure is. But no one has found the treasure yet. There's been no devout people. So if any of you guys are like, I'm the best, maybe go. Maybe bring me. Yeah. I'll buy my own ticket. Or it has been found, and the person who's found it has not told anyone. That's true. Or will no one ever find it? Because to be truly devout, maybe you can't be greedy and want money. Hmm. So it's a trick. Huh. I don't know. I don't it's know. depressing. Never mind. I wish I never said that. I feel like I, I feel like I get this pirate a lot. You know, like, Crit and I, when we met in college, we, um... We had fun in college. And then Remember my parents are here. No, I know. That's that's why I only said that. That's like it I'll I'll bash myself. So anyway, um I nothing I had she fun says in college. applies to me. <laughs> I was <laughs> perfect. If Corinne went to the grave, the pirate think would think she's devout, basically. Um I had fun in college and uh <laughs> post graduation I was like, okay, I need to turn a new leaf, no more um nights where I have fun. <laughs> PG. Um, yeah, I had a come to come to moment. And now you're perfect. Yes, Basically. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> we'll send all. you to the grave and I'm see kidding. what. I, I mean, a shot of tequila send before. you to the grave. That did not sound right. <laughs> send me to the grave. Send her to the grave. <laughs> no. If there's chocolate. If there's chocolate. Chocolatito with nachito. Yes, with Nachito. It rhymes. Chocolatito with Nachito. Aww. That's cute. That's our new shirt. No one will know what's going on. <laughs> Just you guys. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you about another ghost. This is my favorite one. This is, well, it's not really a ghost, but it's something that we don't often get to talk about. Something that I've always really wanted to talk about. <laughs> and that's a vampire. Yes. There's a vampire in this cemetery. and So basically just a cannibal. 
I guess. <laughs> if you, yeah, sure. I mean, sure. Sure. I guess I've never really thought about it in that way. Yeah. I never die. Now I'm less excited. No, but they don't die. Right? Vampires live forever. Unless you stay But they them kill the people. Heart. Yeah. Which is still cannibalism, but it's still a vampire. I think we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're arguing the same side and don't even know it. What are you saying? No. Okay, so back in the 1800s, the city of Guadalajara was terrorized. Something was going through the whole city, and a ton of animals were just turning up in the area dead, and their li- their bodies were completely drained of blood. And this happened for months and months, and they were all like, what the heck is going on here? And then... It progressed, and one day a woman was found in an alleyway, and her body, when they examined it, they noticed that there were some two strange markings, almost like bite marks, on her body, and that her entire body was drained of blood. So they were like, this is a very odd murder case. And a very thirsty vampire. (laughs) Yes. Well, I don't think they made the connection yet. They were just like, this is weird. But then, just a few days later... The cemetery itself had a fresh grave dug up. A body that had just been buried the day before was dug up and had the same exact markings. The two marks, and it was drained of blood. So now they're like, there's something more than what we thought was happening. There's something really evil here. And then a few days after that, another person, a woman was found, an adult woman was found, and she had the exact same thing. So there's three adults, a shit ton of animals, and then it progresses, (laughs) and then some babies are going missing (gasps) and found drained of blood. And some of them are found in their own homes, in their own, like, cradles. What are they called? Where do you put the children? Cribs. (laughs) Clearly we don't have kids. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Not ready. (laughs) Found in their cribs. Woo. All right, so it's super disturbing, and the people of Guadalajara are like, oh, there, we've got a vampire. (laughs) That means the F word. And so they form a team, like a a vampire hunting team. And this team goes around and they find some suspicious people and they start interviewing these people trying to figure out who the vampire could be. And they find, and maybe all of us from New England may identify with this, the palest person (laughs) in the city of Guadalajara. None of us would have been safe there. (laughs) They find the palest person and someone who they think looks vampire-esque. And they're like, you're the vampire. But actually, I'm not, t- I'm not really telling the whole story. I'm telling the story the way I want it to be. <laughs> the, the story is they found this guy wandering the same cemetery where that body had been dug up and where the other two bodies, very close by to where the other two bodies had been found. And so they're thinking, okay, this guy's really suspicious. He's in the middle of the night walking through the cemetery alone. And he's probably looking for some fresh blood or at least some fresh graves to dig up. So they go and they approach him. And he's just an odd guy. He just rubs them the wrong way. He's super awkward when being approached. So they're like, you're it. They don't waste any time. And they just drive a stake right through his heart and kill him. Oh. Yes. Did you guys not see that coming? (laughs) No. (laughs) Everyone's like, ooh. (laughs) All right. So his body is buried in the Panteon de Belen Cemetery, the Santa Paula Cemetery. A little backwards to put him in the same cemetery that he was taking bodies from. Maybe there's only one cemetery. I don't know the geographical okay. region. I didn't Google map it like <laughs> I usually do. But they put him into the cemetery and they they dig a very, very deep grave and they put a large stone slab in place on the top to keep him from, I don't know, crawling out or something creepy. <laughs> so he's deep in there and he's got this big slab over him ensuring that he'll never get out. And then once... They bury him once they kill him. No more people are showing up dead. No more babies are dead. No more animals are dead. So they're like, okay, we got the right guy. We're the best. Somos los mejores. <laughs> so everybody's like super stoked about themselves. The vampire is gone and they save the day. But then something odd starts to happen. And where the slab is, a tree starts to grow. And it grows out of the slab. And it's still there today. It's literally a vampire tree. And it comes out around the slab, and it almost grabs around the concrete slab, and it's squeezing and squeezing and squeezing the slab. And people say that, or the locals say, if you snap off a branch, blood will ooze out of the wound. 
And if you reach up and touch the leaves and rub it for long enough and then look at your hands, it will have like a blood-like red residue all over your hands. Whoa. And the locals also believe because the tree is and the roots are so strong, the roots are pushing the once deep grave up towards the top. And simultane- simultaneously, they're wrapping their tree branches or what are they called? Branches. Roots. Roots. <laughs> Cribs. Roots. I need to do hooked on phonics again. <laughs> The roots are grabbing the slab and putting so much pressure on it that it's believed that the slab is soon going to break in half and open the tomb. And they think that that's when the vampire is going to come back and terrorize the city of Guadalajara and get his revenge on everybody. Others believe that it's when the tree dies that it will then restore life back Mm. into the vampire and he'll escape and murder everybody. I was going to say an easy solution was just to cut the tree down and put a new slab on. But loophole. Looks like that's not a good idea. Yeah, so the, actually, like, the cemetery itself has a big fence around this so that people can't go up and, I guess, injure the tree or do anything. Wow. I don't know if it's because too many people went there and tried to, like, get up on the grave and touch the tree or if it's truly because they believe in this and they want to ensure that the vampire doesn't come out. But you can go see it. If you Google vampire tree, it will come up immediately. But that's Pantheon de Belen. They have a little uh, demanding chocolate boy. They have wow. some pirate treasure hunts and a uh, vampire tree. So that's it. I'm so curious about Natito and what happened to him to die. Oh, yeah. What like happened what, in the what night? What was in his room? Well, they say that he might, be visit- he might have been visited by demons. Do you think that's what happened to me last night? <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what happened. <laughs> well, Corinne's roommate, Jill, apparently, she's here. Hi, Jill. Um, so is Elizabeth. Both my roommates hi. are in the crowd, probably on their phones right now, booking hotel rooms, <laughs> never to return again once they hear this. <laughs> but Jill, has a, you've always, they've always said that there's a ghost in Jill's room. Jill's pissed right now. <laughs> well, well, we like talked talk about, about it, it on the podcast before. Yeah. Where, like, things will just fall over, and it only happens in Jill's room, and then we'll just look at her, and she'll be like, no, (laughs) don't say it. But Also, Jill, not to talk about (laughs) Sorry, Jill. Jill, I've talked about her plenty on the podcast, and the other day I was like, oh, I just said something about you on the podcast, and she goes, can you please tell me the episode and the timestamp? Why can't you just listen to my podcast? I'm pretty sure she also told Corinne not to talk about her tonight. She absolutely did. (laughs) Um, I brought her up, so that's okay. So I'm safe. Um, But so last night, I told you the one dream I had. It wasn't a dream, guys. I was wide awake. It was 2 a.m. I I, I had a red eye on Friday night, so I got here at like... I slept three hours that night. Mm-hmm. And, and you're so still on schedule, Hawaii time. Yeah, I was in three different time zones in three days. So I'm all over the place. I don't know where I am. I don't know who you are. I don't know who I am. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. And now just you're not going to believe anything I tell you. It it's like she's lost her mind. I know, you just discredited your own story before uh, I started. I'm here. I understand everything. Kind of. Um, but so last night, I woke up at like 2 a.m. Could not go to bed for the life of me. And I am laying there and I start hearing different voices talking to me and I described it to Corinne like it's as if you know what the way people describe being very open to the paranormal world where they can't shut it off and they constantly hear and see ghosts or or people from the other side talking to them that is how I felt like no matter what I did I was hearing people talk to me and I heard the boy man saying I want candy where's candy I saw a woman's face just screaming (laughs) and it was very loud and Corinne's snoring, laughing, giggling very strangely next to me during all of this. And I was like, do I wake her up? I was like, well, it's almost 3 o'clock. I feel like it will get worse if I wake up a giggling Corinne. Like, yeah, I was probably possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want that. Um, yeah, I-, I was just experiencing a lot of weird things. And maybe they were the ghosts so that we just talked about. Like maybe it was the woman who was buried alive screaming in her coffin and uh, wanted me to feel the way that she did when she died, similar to that author. I don't know. Or maybe Corinne's apartment is very, very haunted in a way that they didn't know before. And um, maybe Corinne's possessed. 
<laughs> we, <laughs> we don't, we don't know. know. But We're, the timestamp of my laughing is creepy because it, it was so like, creepy. what'd you say? It was like 257 or something? Yeah, 257. Because I eventually had to get my book and start reading in order to fall back to sleep. And I looked at my watch at the exact time she was laughing and it said, yeah, 257. And that's when I put my book I'm down. I'm kind of proud of myself. <laughs> That is so creepy. I didn't live it. I was asleep. <laughs> or possessed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it makes for good entertainment. Yeah, for, for you. <laughs> for me. To hear it back. Speaking of, I, I, because I've been traveling so much, I feel like I'm kind of coming down with a cold. So you're welcome, VIP people who are taking photos with me in, in a short few. Um, I'm kidding. Kind of. No, she's not. But, but anyway, so before the she's show... She's been breathing on me for like 48 hours. Yeah, purposefully. If I'm sick, you're sick. Similar to why I almost threw up on her. But uh, <laughs> but to be fair, I was saying, I was like, I feel like really, like I have like the, the chills. And I um, was getting like a little nauseous. And she goes, oh my God, you have to throw up on stage. <laughs> no. Yes, you did. I said... I smiled and had maybe a twinkle in my eye because I can't hide my facial expressions. I was like, that would be so awful. I really hope you don't throw up on stage. But it would be a really good story But to if tell. you did, it would be awesome. And then I was like, we'd get so many more listeners because then I would throw up and then everyone here would throw up and then we'd, we'd be get famous. <laughs> we'd all be famous. But uh, I've... I've- uh, so far, made it through. Yes, no you've done a really yet. good job. Thank you. Yes, you too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but um, we've always kind of tried to figure out how to end our live shows, and so one was like, okay, let's find haunting ghost stories from the place we're at. Um, and apparently, until tonight, they've never had any ghost experiences because it's a brand. We'll new be building. getting emails. You're never allowed back. <laughs> um, and then, so we were like, okay, let's find a haunted place in Boston. And we've been to so many because we've, you know, I come here every Halloween. We've been to Salem. We've done all these things. We've talked about them all on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, let's find a new place that we can walk to. And so we went to the Liberty Hotel, if anyone is familiar. And it used to be a prison. And in the 1920s, conditions were so bad that the government was like, okay, we need to move these prisoners out of this prison. And the Boston Strangler was one of the inmates there. And so... Malcolm X. Yeah. Just a ton. A lot of... A ton of people. Yeah, a lot of prisoners. And uh, it took, like, 20 years to actually fully uh, move all the prisoners. So, like, all of these prisoners were living in terrible condition. And there's a bar called The Alibi, which is downstairs. Mm -hmm. And it has all the mug shots of celebrities. Like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Just all of them. And they really embraced the, like, it was previously a prison. Like, all of the bars have jail bars. and, and And they still have, like, the original catwalks. Yeah. It's so you can really see everything. Pretty, it's super cool. Yeah. So it doesn't look like the way it did, I imagine, in the no. 1920s because apparently it was terrible conditions. But we like sat down and we're like, let's get some ghost stories from the yeah. staff. And so we went into the restaurant and we sat and we ordered some drinks and some mm-hmm. Parmesan garlic fries so that everyone can smell our breath today. <laughs> and well, the, we're talking about vampires and so we have to protect yeah, ourselves. Um, so we asked the girl, we're like, oh, have you, like, this place is haunted. Have you had any ghost stories? And she immediately was so turned off by us. And like, she just, like, a step backwards. She, yeah, she winced and goes, I work during the day. And we're like, <laughs> okay. And we're like, ghosts also exist during the day. <laughs> All right. Something happened to you that you don't want to talk about. <laughs> so we didn't get any ghost so stories. So we got no ghost stories. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> that's it. That's the story. I that's know you all. were expecting so much more. Literally nothing else happened. But, uh, <laughs> Boston is notorious for ghost stories. And we, I've been so shocked that this trip we've gotten zero. Well, I know. except for dinner last night, we got a lot from your family friends. Oh, yes. We got yes, a lot. And Bigfoot story, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but someone last night told the waitress that we were doing a podcast live show. And <laughs> I don't think Corinne noticed this, but she goes, she goes, oh, what's it about? And we're like, ghosts. And she goes, oh, like, do you talk about, like, murder and stuff? Or is it just, like, all fictional stuff? And I kind of look at her. I was like, no, no, we talk about ghosts. They're real. They're real. <laughs> so I guess Whatever. not everyone in Boston believes in ghosts. No, we've had some, some rough encounters with the Bostonians <laughs> this weekend. But that's fine. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone here has brought their ghosts with them. And we'll have some stories for next time yeah, we're here. Yeah, next time. Wonderful. Yeah. 
But thank you guys so much for coming out and yeah. supporting us. It means the world to us. We, we appreciate you I mean, so much. Yeah. Sabrina's so much of an optimist, and I'm, like, very much the opposite. And I was like, no one's going to be here when we walk out onto the stage. No one. Sabrina's like, people will come. People will come. Yeah. So it was, it's amazing that you guys are all here. And it was so amazing that you guys have been, like, posting on Instagram and stuff. Got a, us yeah. really psyched before the show, mm-hmm. before we took my fireball shot. And I did a lot of dancing. like, real person shot. I did a lot of dancing backstage. Yes, yeah. You guys get us hyped up and we're stoked that we even get to like be on a stage and talk about ghost stories. Like how crazy is that? It's so cool. Yeah. And I got to fly across the country to be with Corinne and be with you guys. And yeah, I mean, this podcast has been one of the most surreal experiences and it's amazing to share ghost stories with all of you and with Corinne and, and bring us all together. And so thank you for coming. It's amazing to see you all. And we're excited to meet all the VIP people and take photos of you and hear your ghost stories. So, And if anyone in the room has a ghost story and they haven't told Email us before, to you know our email. You know our spiel. Email we only it say it us. every single episode. Yes. So thank you guys again for coming thank you out. And we, and we will, will see you on the other side. Thank you.